0: This is the second half of the Olivet Discourse, or the Eschatological Discourse, begun in chapter 24. Here in this chapter, Jesus employs a series of parables to commend faithful and fruitful living during the long delay. Hear now the word of the Lord, beginning at verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. Again, we must notice that any attempt to make Jesus' statement in Matthew 24, 34 refer to the end falls apart upon such verses as Matthew 25, 13. Jesus explicitly says that no one knows the end. No one knows when he will come back. Therefore, 2434 obviously refers to the beginning, not the end. This parable in chapter 25, verses 1 to 13, explores the theme of an unexpectedly long delay and stresses alertness and preparedness. The details are less significant and turn upon the specifics of Jewish weddings in first century Palestine. It seems that there were Some initial ceremonies that took place at the bride's home and the groom would go to attend to those with a few close friends. The majority of guests would wait at the groom's home where the main celebration would occur. Thus, the ten virgins have been appointed to parade the groom as he returns from the bride's house. However, the point of the parable turns on the unexpected delay in the groom's return. He has gone far longer than they all expect. The foolish virgins apparently did not take an extra flask of oil with them. They had only the oil in the lamp. Thus, the long delay proved their foolishness. Those who took extra oil were considered wise for having considered the possibility of delay. That's the point. This parable is telling the disciples of Jesus, be prepared for a long delay. Verse 14, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one, he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away, You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The parable of the talents once again assumes a long delay. It builds upon the emphases of the previous parables. Here we learn that in addition to attending our duties, in addition to remaining prepared and watchful, we must also improve the master's assets while he is away. Now, in English, The word talent often refers to a special gift or ability, such as the ability to sing or play an instrument or excel at a sport or activity. But in Greek, the word used here refers to a unit of monetary exchange. A talent was about 65 pounds of gold or silver. A talent in those days was usually considered the equivalent of 6,000 denarii or roughly 600,000 in modern day terms. Thus, we're dealing with considerable sums of money, Five talents equates to $3 million. Notice also that each of the servants is given a different sum of money. God sovereignly determines our gifts and opportunities. Our job is to be faithful and fruitful with what we've been given. The wise servants immediately get to work, improving the master's assets. The foolish and wicked servant is afraid to lose and unwilling to work so he hides his talent in the ground. Notice also that the master returns after a long time, verse 19. Again, the point of the parable is the need for us to be faithful and fruitful during the long delay. Notice that those who have will be given more, just as Jesus said in Matthew 13, 12, where he said, For to the one who has more will be given, and he will have an abundance, but from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The reward for faithful and fruitful service during the long delay is increased responsibility and a share of the master's joy in the eternal kingdom. Verse 31, when the son of man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you cursed, into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, saying, Lord... Scholars debate amongst themselves as to whether we ought to classify this pericope as a parable. In favor of that classification is the fact that Jesus does make his point by means of a comparison. He says that the king will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Many of Jesus' parables are introduced in that way. Think of how many parables begin with, The kingdom of heaven is like... A merchant in search of fine pearls, Matthew 13, 45. Or, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, Mark 4, 26. However, some scholars will argue that this is where the parabolic language ends, and that beyond verses 32 to 33, that imagery disappears entirely. And it is not a shepherd speaking to sheep and goats. It is a king speaking to citizens and subjects. Thus, some will say that it is better to think of this as a straightforward prose prediction with a loosely parabolic introduction. Regardless of how you want to classify it, the meaning of the passage is reasonably straightforward. Jesus is speaking here about the final judgment. The theme of delay now gives way to the theme of judgment and consummation. The correct interpretation of this passage hangs upon the proper identification of the least of these my brothers in verse 40. Who are the brothers of Jesus? Well, thankfully, we're not left to wonder over this question, as Jesus himself has provided the answer back in chapter 12, verse 48. He said, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers for whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother closed quote in addition we would also want to consult with matthew 10:42 where jesus says using similar language and whoever gives one of these little ones even a cup of cold water because he is a disciple truly i say to you he will by no means lose his reward closed quote thus i think we're able to answer with confidence that the least of these my brothers refers to the least and littlest of Jesus' disciples, children, the poor, the vulnerable, and the persecuted from within the covenant community. R.T. France, for example, says concerning the least of these, my brethren, it is a term specially for his disciples, not for men in general. The reference to the least of these in this connection reminds us of these little ones in chapter 10, verse 42, closed quote. It is important to understand that Jesus is not saying that these people became sheep by doing these good things. Rather, they did these things because they were sheep. They were the people of Jesus. They loved what and who he loved. They responded instinctively to the needs of those loved by the Lord because they were filled with the Holy Spirit of the Lord and had been transformed into his image and were being transformed into his image. D.A. Carson puts it this way, "...good deeds done to Jesus' followers, even the least of them, are not only works of compassion and morality, but reflect where people stand in relation to the kingdom and to Jesus himself. Jesus identifies with the fate of his followers and makes compassion for them equivalent to compassion for himself." He goes on to say, True disciples will love one another and serve the least brother with compassion. In so doing, they unconsciously serve Christ. Therefore, Jesus is saying here that on judgment day, he will be able to identify his sheep by observing how they have treated those who have identified with him, particularly the least and the littlest. Abuse or neglect of the least and little among the body of Christ will be all the proof required to demonstrate that a person is outside and unconverted. The fate of such people is final, just, and irrevocable. These will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Thanks be to God. And thank you for listening to another episode of Into the Word. If you've appreciated the Into of the Word ministry, I'd like to personally invite you to pay it forward by supporting a mission project that is very close to my heart. The Letha Daycare Outreach Project is a church-based educational program designed to teach literacy, support low-income families, and share the gospel of Jesus Christ with boys and girls in rural South Africa. I've seen this project with my own eyes. I have shaken the hands of parents whose families have been helped. I have heard the songs and Bible verses out of the mouths of some of these dear children as they have been taught and helped to put their trust in the Lord. And nothing would be more gratifying to me than for you to show your appreciation for End of the Word by investing in these little ones. You can do that in one of two ways. You can give through the End of the Word app or by visiting the Into the Word website at IntoTheWord.ca. Just click on the Give tab and you'll find giving options for both Canadian and American listeners. This is a registered project with ABWE Canada and ABWE USA. So tax receipts are available to all eligible donors. Just identify where you're listening from and click on the Fund button and select Letha Daycare Outreach.